This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. You heard it here first last week. For the first time, pharmacists will be allowed to administer high-dose flu shots in addition to the regular vaccines. What we did not know was, will there be enough to go around? There have been supply and availability issues with high-dose in the past, and it was and still is up to each individual doctor's office to order what they think they will need. Well, yesterday, the province announced a $70 million flu shot campaign as part of its COVID-19 response strategy. That's the biggest ever. Premier Ford said that 5.1 million vaccine doses were ordered. That's 700,000 more than last year, and that includes 1.3 million high-dose flu shots. So, how and where should you get those shots? Whenever we talk about the flu, it always uh, makes the phones light up here on Fight Back. So let me give the numbers. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I'm joined by Dean Miller, a Toronto-based pharmacist with Whole Health pharmacies. Dr. Nadia Alam, a family doctor and anesthetist based in Georgetown, Ontario, and Dr. Robert Kingstone, who is a family doctor with Forest Hill Family Health in Midtown Toronto. Hello and welcome, everybody. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, let us begin with Dean Miller. So, Dean, uh, are you going to be offering the high dose and, and how are you going to manage that process? Uh, well, Libby, th- thanks for uh, allowing me to, to come on this afternoon. Yeah, the, uh, 2020 is going to be a little bit different uh, in that, you know, for the first time ever, it does look like pharmacists will be able to administer high-dose flu, which, of course, is a, a higher level of antigen in there so that, you know, seniors, especially those over 65, uh, can get a high-dose uh, flu vaccine at their pharmacy, which they weren't able to do in the, in the past. So, so we've had the ability to, to do flu shots for about 10 years now, but this will be a bit of a groundbreaking year for pharmacy. Um, you know, with, uh, Premier Ford's announcement yesterday about increased numbers, um, we're feeling a lot more confident that we have in the last few years. Uh, you know, there's been changes almost every year and those changes always bring some struggles when it comes to availability, but, uh, um, happy to hear the announcement yesterday that uh, we look like we're in a better position than we have been in the last few years. Uh, so again, Dean, are you going to be offering that in your pharmacy? Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Now, uh, we have been told that, you know, quantities are still yet to be determined, but uh, but but for sure, um, you know, high dose will be part of the 2020 program. Okay. Uh, Dr. Kingstone, and uh, full disclosure, Dr. Kingstone is my family doctor. And I know that uh, there have been big restrictions on in-person vin- visits at your clinic. Uh, are you going to be offering 
high dose or any any kind of flu shots this year? Well, the answer is yes, we want to. <clears throat> and the gamut from six months to however old you are, because that's the age group that must be covered. So we are expecting our flu shot vaccine supply to come in by mid-October. We don't know how much we're going to get of what. We don't know how long the supply will last for. We order every two weeks. And we are concerned about how to deal with the uh, amount of people we expect to receive the flu shot this year. We expect it to be higher than last year. And then we have all the uh, COVID restrictions with distancing, et cetera, and pre-screening because we cannot have 50, 60 people descend without appointments to our office expecting a flu shot, you know, on a Monday or a Tuesday or what have you. So we're looking into the alternatives whereby we may have to rent other space, go in with other clinics. Um, Drive-by doesn't work. It just complicates the traffic patterns where our office is on Eglinton Avenue so that the local people complain bitterly. It has not worked in the past with the pediatric clinic trying to get um, regular shots through there. So we're looking at uh, partnering with other clinics, uh, renting space, putting up a tent, um, and uh, we'll see how that evolves. I haven't got a final um, uh, outcome on that yet. Okay, that's interesting. Dr. Allum in Georgetown, what are your plans? It's, it's definitely been challenging, Libby, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with the challenges identified by Dr. Kingston in Georgetown. The biggest consideration that we have is the realization that we can't run flu shots the way we used to, where we could do mass vaccination in a very quick, um, very efficient way where we could hire extra people to help us out. Now we're constrained by considerations around PPE, around supplies. We are fearing that um, supplies of syringes and needles are dropping Um so it's uh, we're constrained by IPAC measures, infectious precaution and control measures. Every room has to be wiped down very carefully after everybody who comes in for a flu shot, same as anyone who comes in for an in-person visit. And yes, while a lot of care has been moved towards virtual care, flu shots yeah. cannot be given virtually. Well, exactly, <laughs> so. or any other shots for for that matter. Um, Nadja, I haven't been to your clinic, so is is it a large space? Uh, are you thinking of moving it off-site uh, the way Dr. Kingstone is? There's a lot of discussion going on right now about that. I know that my clinic itself, we're about four doctors, and we've got um, about uh, a nurse practitioner and a nurse working with us. In amongst all of us, we've got a space of about seven rooms that we can work out of. And so we're trying to figure out um, how to manage the flow, right? How do you make sure there aren't too many people in the waiting room? Because if you have people congregating the space that are too close together, you increase their risk. And we don't want to increase their risk because we're going to be um, inviting people of who are at risk of COVID complications to come and get their flu shots, particularly, right? We're going to target the high-risk people as well as the general population. So we want to manage the workflow and the patient flow. We know that uh, one of the ideas we tossed around amongst the docs was, should we shut down our in-person visits and just focus on flu shots for that one week? Problem is, what if something urgent comes up, right? A patient has a car accident needs to be managed. A patient has 
Um, a palliative patient has worsening shortness of breath needs to be managed. Um, what if a baby needs, gets sick? How do you manage that? So there are certain in-person visits that you can't really delay, even by a week. But at the same time, the massive vaccination that we want to try and do in in Ontario, it is so important. It is so important to not just offload our healthcare system. It's important to keep people healthy, keep people able to take care of one another, get people through a pandemic without adding an epidemic, a flu epidemic on top of it. Uh, yeah. Now, Dean, I remember, I think last year I got my flu shot at a pharmacy right. and I still had to make an appointment and yep. I still had to sit there for 15 minutes after getting the shot. So um, is, is that a solution, making people uh, get make an appointment or, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking because on the other side of things, I've had emails from people who say, you know, we're older and we don't want to go and even shop in a place where they have other people waiting for whatever it may be, a flu shot. Yeah, Libby, you're, you're spot on here. I, I mean, it's, uh, I agree with the physicians, you know, it's going to be a much more challenging year. Uh, you know, we've, We've thought about it a lot as well and, you know, appointment-based modeling around, you know, getting in for an appointment versus just sort of showing up at a pharmacy. That's always been the joy of going to a pharmacy. You can just, you know, pop in. But, well, you know, uh, let me let me correct you. Not not everywhere. I know. I think that no. at my far, pharmacy, you needed to have a an appointment. Even it wasn't like a formal formal thing. Yeah, you, but um, I think this year, Libby, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more pharmacies that are participating, going to that appointment model, and you know other recommendations. You know, just you know, don't take a whole entourage of people in with you. You know, if you're the one getting you know the vaccination, you go in. Don't you know? Don't bring. You know, friends and family, I guess, if they're not getting vaccinated, you know, wear a mask, sanitize your hands, all the other stuff as well. And, you know, go in ready for the uh, for the appointment with your, you know, your sleeves rolled up and you're ready to go kind of thing to, you know, stay in there the minimum amount of time. And, uh, you know, you may be restricted in pharmacies as well, just as the physicians were saying uh, is probably going to happen in in a in a local physician's office as well. And and do you? This is for all of you. Do you still have a requirement that the person sit around for fifteen minutes after? Certainly, in pharmacy, we we have. Uh, I haven't heard any changes to that. Um, uh, obviously, that's for the uh, safety of the patient as well. Um, but I don't know what recommendations the physicians have got. But certainly, that's still the recommended approach in pharmacy. Uh, doctors, do you uh, have people stay? We have to. We have to yeah. monitor for potential reactions to the yeah. flu shot because that can happen. People can get faint from a flu shot. They can feel um, uncomfortable. They can have, it's rare, but they can have side effects after a flu shot. And so you need to manage that. That's why you keep people for 15 minutes after an immunization. Dr. Kingston, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yes, it's absolutely good and necessary due diligence to have the patient wait a minimum amount of time. Fifteen minutes is usually given after an injection such as this, as well as others. Uh, Dr. Kingstone, are you on a speakerphone or something? Yeah, is that bad? That is bad, yes. Um, so uh, maybe our producer, Justin, will call you uh, right back and you can be on a handset unless you can uh, transfer that right away. 
Dr. Alam, it would moving to an appointment-based model, would that solve your problem or not quite? It's, I mean, we're, we're doing all in-person visits by appointment and by appointments only. We are not doing walk-in visits. Patients will call in. They are screened by phone. They're, if they're able to be managed by virtual visits, great. If not, then um, we get most of the history by phone or by virtual visit first, by video visit first, and then we bring them in for the physical examination. We're trying to minimize their time that they have to stay in the clinic, um, not just for their own protection, but for everybody else's protection, right? Staff and other patients included. Um, in my clinic alone, we serve about 7,000 patients. When you look at your doctor's office, it's important to realize your doctor is taking care of usually around 1,200 to 1,500 other patients as well as, as yourself. And so it's, it's a lot of people to juggle. Um, what will be challenging, though, is um, having enough volume. We've realized that because of the fact that you have to manage the flow through of patients in a safe, responsible way while still doing the due diligence of having them wait the 15 minutes after their shot, um, you can only vaccinate so many patients per hour. And it's going to be a lot less before. I mean, before you could have the patients wait in the waiting room for their 15 minutes before they were able to go. Now they have to wait in their small room, for example. Or if you're doing a drive-through flu shot clinic, then they have to wait in their car. So you're limited by how many parking spaces you've got. Um, We won't be able to get the numbers that we used to. We won't be able to bang through the numbers that we used to because even just cleaning up a room after a patient, you have to allow the cleaning solution to sit there for a while to, to decontaminate the room. Okay. It's and uh, Robert Kingstone, does, d- will the appointment system solve your problems or not, or is it still really complicated? The appointment system will have to be in, in, operative for our, our, our clinic group. We have uh, six other family physicians, so we would be giving thousands of flu shots. And, yeah, we need an appointment system because we can't have en masse people descending into our waiting room, and particularly with the waiting period after a needle, they have to go somewhere uh, to hang around, and they can't just sit out there with the rest of the people. Whether So th- this is a logistics issue, which is a bit of a nightmare, and I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but yes. And then what about pre-screening them before they come into your office? Uh, with regard to temperature and questionnaire and so forth and so on. All this must be done. So it, it takes up time and staff, and it makes it more complicated, as well as what other people have mentioned. We have to clean up the area after each person, and we have to give time for the uh, for the um, uh, materials to work their magic and destroy the virus potentially on various surfaces. So, yeah, it's an issue. Um, let me ask you this, because uh, I am reminded, I think there were a couple of years, Dr. Kingstone, when you yeah. came on site here. Yes. And you vaccinated, uh, you know, several hundred employees. Yes, it was. A, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience. We did, we did sort of mass immunization down there, and it worked. It, it and, and it well, was didn't it? it was easy for us. Is is that something anybody is considering going to workplaces? I'm sure I they're am, going to be. Going I to- am. I have a, a a couple of companies that have asked me, uh, and I'm working out the details because um, before we used to have them 
come in and they would be pretty much two or three or four in the room at the same time. So we have to do the social distancing and we have to uh, do some screening and we have to clean up surfaces. So we have a similar issue, but if we go to a company and they give you space, um, it probably would be easier to do a flu clinic. Okay, well, that's something out there. I want to give the numbers out again. And uh, actually, I'm surprised we, we're not being inundated because usually with the subject of the flu, and I want to get to a very important question for our audience, uh, where there are a lot of older people. And the guidance so far seems to have been get your earliest flu shot. Don't hang around waiting for the high dose. And I'm, I'm wondering if that still stands or now that we know that there are 1.3 million high dose flu shots around, maybe, uh, that, that's different. So let me give the numbers out again. And, and people, if you have questions, because if you're already very, let's say, careful and maybe a little hesitant about going out. Have you thought about how you are going to get your flu shot this year, given all the restrictions? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Nadja Alam, would you stand by that? Tell people don't wait to get a high dose. Oh, that's tricky because... um the high dose tends to work better in certain populations. It's, um, I think it's important to get a flu shot this year. I think as many people, whether they're low risk or high risk, get flu shots, the better we do at protecting ourselves and one another. My hope and my message to public health would be don't, uh, don't force patients to choose between um, getting a flu shot quickly versus waiting for a high-dose flu shot, please release them quickly so that we're not forced to make these kinds of recommendations in any way. Dr. Kingstone, uh, again, uh, what do you think? People being told, uh, get the okay, shot. I have, don't... Of, I have a couple of thoughts here. Go ahead. I actually had a, I actually had a thought with it. Okay, good, my, good. Well, <laughs> my age is pretty good to have a thought. So, okay. um Dr. Kingston, by the way, is not allowed in his own clinic because of his age, but he's still a great doctor. So um, I'm not Methuselah yet. In any event, um, (laughs) what I'm concerned about is the coexisting in a patient of the regular H1N1 and COVID. And I don't know what the heck that will do, how bad that could be for that person and how risky it would be and how prevalent that would be. So I stress, get your flu shot as soon as possible. If I don't have a, um, a the, the, the high dose with adjuvant vaccine for my over 65, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get it all that quickly, and they can't seem to get it anywhere else, take whatever good flu shot you can get. That's my advice. But but I... It's better to be immunized than not. Okay, but I, I mean, do you not... Uh, what I took from yesterday's briefing from the government was that they're getting the high dose along with the other one, and you'll get it. But it, it, yeah, no, you, yes, um, that's what they said. Okay, last year uh, it, it took us about uh, six to eight six weeks before we had enough supply of the high dose to go around. I remember we got twenty four high dose in the first batch that came to us. Twenty four people we could do. Do you have any idea how many people I have over sixty five? Uh, a lot. Yeah, so it ain't gonna last. So um if we get a good supply, naturally, preferentially, over sixty five will get the high dose vaccine. 
But it all depends on supply. And Dean, what about your supply? Uh, is it coming through a group pharmacy or? or? Uh, well, you know, the majority of pharmacies in the province last year got uh, got for the first time ever their vaccine through our wholesale dis- distribution network. Just like the physicians on the line, we had our struggles, uh, especially in the early days. But uh, I've seen the plan for this year. I mean, it looks uh, it looks like it's pretty well um, uh, set out. Uh, you know, hopefully things will be better than it has been the last couple of years. The one remaining, uh, you know, big question mark is, you know, it didn't include Postal Code M, which, of course, that is Toronto and area. And, and there still is some uncertainty about how that distribution is going to uh, take place. Now, whenever I hear about, you know, a couple of weeks before flu shot season and we don't have things figured out yet, I get a little nervous. So, Just um, a minute. You're saying that you went through it and, and distribution in Toronto is not figured out. So last year, distribution in Toronto was pu- through public health. In the rest of the province, it was through our distribution network. Oh, for pharmacies. Okay, for got For pharmacies. It. So, so the last I've heard, it hasn't changed. We were fully expecting that, that postal code M would be exactly the same as the rest of the province. It's too bad it, it's not that way, uh, or, we, or at least we haven't heard uh, of any change. We're hoping to hear you know, imminently on, on whether that's changed or not. Um, the rest of it, you know, the rest of the province looks 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 fine. It looks like we've got ample supply. Uh, pharmacies will start receiving a distribution uh, in a, in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, but the big question is is postal code M, uh, which of course is is Toronto and area. Oh, okay. I'm, that seems very strange to me. Okay, we've got uh, some calls to take. Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. And you you've touched on this uh, in your program today. I'm a senior uh, with um, underlying conditions, so I've even been reluctant to go to the pharmacy to get my drugs, and thankfully my pharmacist delivers it. But now I'm wondering, I'm also hearing about COVID testing taking place in pharmacies and uh, flu vaccine administration in pharmacies, so I'm I'm wondering how that they're going to be separating the two. Well, I, I don't think they would be happening in the same pharmacy. I, uh, I, okay, well, that's... that's um, we haven't heard the details on that. Uh, yeah. That's coming soon. Uh, but I, I think that... Uh, and Dean, maybe you know more than me. Well, uh, you know, Dennis, Dennis, is, Dennis is, uh, has brought up something that's quite interesting because it's a... You know, it, there will be some degree of COVID-19 testing. Libby, you're right. We don't have all the details yet. But Coming uh, very soon, I understand. <laughs> very soon, <laughs> maybe next week. Uh, but, maybe before. Uh, but uh, you know what Dennis points out is a good is a good question because we don't have all the flu protocols yet. Um, hence, we can't really plan that much for COVID nineteen testing. So as we speak, there's a lot of that information that's, that's coming out. Uh, so Dennis, I would sort of say, you know what. Stay tuned. Call your pharmacy. That this is going to be an initial launch of COVID nineteen um, testing in pharmacies. So your pharmacy may not even be part of the initial launch. Uh, in Alberta, uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, there's, you know, about two hundred pharmacies doing COVID nineteen testing in the province of Alberta. I mean, obviously we're a bigger province, so there'll be more. Uh, but in the initial phases here. Uh, it's only a very small number that's uh, being considered right now. Um, 
but you know, perhaps in the latter stages of, of the flu shot season, we'll have more. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, thanks Den- very much. Okay, Dennis, thanks for your call. Let's go to Shirley in Brantford. Hi, Shirley. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I just have a, a, a very quick question. Um, I know they're really pushing the flu shots. And, I mean, I I got one once many years ago, got so sick that I said never again. But my, my point is here is why are they pushing the flu shot so much? If we're talking COVID-19, everybody's being isolated. Older people aren't going out. Um, we're, there's less chance of them catching the flu just because we are in isolation. Why are they pushing the flu shot so much? Oh, it's very important. I'm going to let one of the doctors answer, okay. and and uh, I would encourage you to get a flu shot, Shirley. But uh, okay. here, um, uh, who wants to answer, Nadia or Dr. Kingstone? I can take a stab at it. Sure. Um, the flu is not just a cold. It's a pretty serious illness, even on its own. COVID pandemic aside, the flu, getting the flu isn't just an inconvenience where you end up missing work. There's a risk of heart disease and, and stroke from catching the flu. Um, the flu can, I've seen people seriously ill from the flu, flu from as young as in their mid forties, all the way up into their mid nineties. So it, it can have a, it can take its toll on a person. And it um, kills and about what, 2,500 people a year? About 3,500 Canadians yes. a year. And what they found in Australia, which was fascinating was, um, they did mass vaccinations this year. They got pretty good uptake, uh, better than in other years. They also found fewer people died because of that. So the flu shot makes a difference. It is as safe as wearing a seatbelt when you're driving a car. It is as it improves your chances of surviving the flu and surviving the flu well and be healthy afterwards as much as a seatbelt protects you during an accident. So it's really worth considering um, for your own safety, not just for your community's safety, but for your own safety. Okay, Shirley, I uh, I hope that uh, you'll take that uh, to heart. Uh, it's really a good idea. And uh, we're basically out of time here. I'm going to take one call, but there is one uh, thing that I didn't get to, and that's the whole issue of vaccine hesitancy. We'll have to leave that for another time. I'm going to take a really quick call from Linda in Scarborough. Hi, Linda. Oh, hi, Libby. I have a quick question for the doctor. I saw a new doctor, uh, mine retired in 1st of September, and she gave me the high-dose flu shot. And when I questioned her about how she had it, she said she keeps it in stock. She's had it since January. What? That would be last year's flu shot. Doctors, is that? I, I'm reluctant to, to agree with that because they've changed the virus load. Uh, that so sounds prepared. very odd. So, the, yeah, yeah. so, what they, so they trying to match the, the new one shot and what they expect. And yeah, I agree with Dr. Kingston. I think that maybe last year's flu, flu shot batch that's been kept. So should I go and get a new one now when it comes out? Yes. Uh, you should talk to your doctor about getting an up-to-date flu shot. Yeah. Is, is this doctor like a brand-new doctor? She is fairly okay. new, yes. I had my doctor of 28 years retired, so I just went to her at the beginning of September. Yeah, that's a whole other uh, thing. But uh, the flu, the strain of the flu changes. 
um, and uh, the vaccine changes. So, um, yeah, thanks for your call, Linda. I think you want to sort that out. Appreciate your call. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're out of time. Uh, We're going to have to talk about all of this again. So first, let me thank our guests. There's more information that's coming in in little dribs and drabs. Everybody, uh, there will be a way to get your flu shot. It's not going to be as convenient as it was, uh, but we need to get those shots. And right now, thank you so much, Dr. Robert Kingstone, Dean Miller, and Dr. Nadia Alam. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.